This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Elkshape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man, your host, Welcome to season five. Here we go. This podcast is brought to you by discipline, delayed gratification, and being accountable to yourself. This podcast is about finding the high road, working hard every day, creating the best possible version of yourself. Our values are faith, family, fitness, finances, elk hunting, and career. Our guiding principles are authenticity, transparency, and out hustling the competition. Our podcast is brought to you by Buck Knives, Onyx Hunt, Vortex Optics, Wilderness Athlete, Black Rifle Coffee Company, Crispy USA, Matthews Archery, Kufaru International, and BlackOvis.com. All right, guys, welcome to the Shape Podcast. Me and co-host Jacob the Web. How are you doing, Jake? Good. Hey, this is uh, week three of September. Full moon's behind us. Estrogen, estrus cows, peak rut, maximum testosterone levels on bulls. I mean, this is what people signed up for. Oh, yeah. This should be some of the most exciting, exhilarating, and frustrating elk hunting possible. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, name the dates when you, uh, you've you killed two bulls with a bow. Name the two dates. My birthday is the 18th. I've killed a bull on the 19th, and I've killed a bull on the 17th. There you go. And my dad's birthday is the 22nd, and I've killed more bulls on his birthday than any day of September. Like, I've done it multiple, multiple times where it's been pretty cool. And he's never killed a bull on his birthday. He's killed at least three the day before because we've been packing his bulls on his birthday. So, Dad, if you're listening, we were not hunting together this year, and but he's got a great plan. So, Dad, if you're listening, happy birthday, buddy. Uh, 66 years young and still getting after it. So, guys, peak rut. This is, a, this is a great time to kill an elk. This is a hard time to kill an elk, but it's a great time to kill an elk. Now, if you're out to kill any elk, cow, 
spike, satellite bull, whatever, this is a good time to do vocalizations. You can call some satellites in, especially with a hunting partner. You're not going to probably call in a herd bull. He's not going to just drop all the cows and walk over to you because you sound hot or you sound tough. So don't, it's not primos. It's not the truth. It's not the truth at all. You're not on the, you're not on a ranch. You're on the public land ranch. And these bulls are pretty educated. And if they're a herd bull, they've been through a few seasons. So they know to, you know, basically follow the lead cow and she is out to get you. She's, she's horrible. She's smart. She's paranoid. And she's going to dodge, duck, dip, dive, dodge when you're, you know, when you're trying to zig, she's going to zag. So lead cow's your enemy. So you're going to kill these elk in transition or you're going to kill these elk in transition. And man, if you catch a rut fest, you should kill these elk in the rut fest. So let's talk about a couple instances. So when I say kill elk in transition, this means that you are away, you know, you're up before first light, the elk are screaming and you have, they've given you the opportunity to get in close before it's shooting light or just as it's getting shooting light. And the lead cow knows that it's time to roll. Every once in a while, you'll catch a herd hanging out a little longer than maybe they're supposed to. And that's when you can take advantage and get them killed. Or you can kind of coyote the herd as they transition it is going to be a workout of the day but you're going to try to stay on their ass with the wind in your favor and hopefully you get like a pesky satellite bull or something to make the herd bull go out of his way to bugle back or to run that satellite off where you can slip in maybe you bump the elk and a lot of times it's not terrible to bump the cows because the herd bull is still quite a ways behind herd bulls generally run up the rear so you bump the cows you bugle, the bull thinks another bull's, you know, trying to take over his herd. He runs in, you shoot him. But that transition, it's going to happen fast. It's a good time. You want to come in at them at a side angle on their contour. You can get ahead of them and pinch them if the wind's right. But, you know, transitions happen fast. But then once the dust finally settles, they're going to find their way to the bedroom. And elk are going to travel with the wind in their nose. And they know when to leave to where the wind's going to be in their favor as they go usually to wherever they're going to bed. And once they get to their bed, the wind is going to switch to where they can lay down with the wind at their back. They can smell what's coming below them and they can see what's coming above them and they can spread out and cover a lot of ground and they feel very safe and they like a nice flatter bench, relatively speaking, a gentle slope or a shelf. So check your contours. They like that north facing, northeast facing, but not always. They like mature timber and they like shade. And that's where you can run your midday madness or hopefully be a part of other bulls running midday madness on their own. Again, my general rule of thumb is the more the elk talk, the less I talk. And that is a great thing to remember because if they're doing the talking, you can show up, you can be present and they don't know you're present. And I like shooting elk as if they never knew I was there. That's my ideal. Same with evenings. You know, a bull with all his cows is going to get up at some point and scent check and rake, get water, stretch out, start feeding. You know, all those things are good for an elk hunter as long as you follow this golden rule. Get as close to elk as possible and stay as close as possible as long as possible. And your good things are going to happen. But let's talk about some calling techniques and setups, some challenge bugles and stuff like that because it's time. It's week three. Rutting should happen, especially that that magical rut day where it seems like every bull screaming their head off. What do you do? By now, if, if this is when you guys are just getting to your hunt, like this is when you plan to start your hunt, you just showed up to your base camp, 
and you're hearing bull scream, <clears throat> some things to consider is these elk probably have been pushed by people, so they've probably smelled people already. They've been called to, and they probably have had bulls chase them off. So they're going to be like very jumpy. They're going to be very skittish. They're going to be realizing, hey, all these hunters are out in the woods trying to kill us right now and put us in the freezer. So the elk are going to be kind of keyed up to what is happening. At the same time, the rut is going on. Bulls are trying to get cows. Bulls are fighting with other bulls. And this is like the Mecca of September that we all are looking for. And when you go out in the woods at 5 o'clock in the morning and you can hear multiple bulls, yelling at each other and you can tell the difference between a bull and a person and you know hey down in this drainage i know there's four different bulls down there and they're just screaming at each other that's like the perfect storm because you have multiple elk there's a potential that other hunters hear them down there but you get to sneak in get good wind and you get to drop in you get to figure out okay what's my best play how do i sneak around how do i get onto one of these bulls and some things you need to consider is there's going to be cows down there because the bulls are challenging other bulls because they want the cows. So there's a lot of eyeballs and there's potential you're going to blow all of them out. So you need to be sneaky. You need to be smart. You can start doing um, some challenge bugles. And if you sneak in close enough and you challenge one of those bulls, there's a very good chance that he's going to come in range and you're going to get a shot. At the same time, there's a good chance you might not have to call at all. The bulls, you can let the bulls do all the talking, and you can sneak in, and you can shoot a bull that is challenging another bull, and you just sneak in, and you just put an arrow through them. And, I mean, we were in a spot two years ago where we were surrounded by bulls screaming at us. We had multiple bulls come in. And we had to bump bulls to walk out that evening because there was no way to walk out past a spot where there wasn't an elk. And that was like a bugle fest. Like, I, I'll never forget that. There was probably six bulls screaming in one little basin. But at the same time, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities for other hunters to be hearing that and totally blow your hunt. Because you could be having the best day and it could switch and you could have the worst day because a hunter isn't paying attention to the wind and drops into that basin. Let's do story time, and we'll end with these two stories. We'll talk about the one Jake was just talking about because there's some context to that that I want you guys to know. This first one, I don't remember what year it was, but it was definitely one of my best elk hunting days ever. It was definitely my dad's birthday, and I am going to jump to the end. Two bulls dead. I had two elk tags in the same state with the same arrow. So the, start, the morning started off with me hunting solo, and as it was getting light, I was working this kind of knife-edge finger that had basically bedding on one side and timber on the other side, but it was very short timber that led to a nice little feeding area. I got on that knife edge, and I heard the herd bull and all his cows down below working their way up from feeding to bedding as it was getting light. There was about 770 elk trails to choose from to which which one they were going to take I didn't know but I just guessed because I knew the area pretty well and I literally remember walking on this specific elk trail in North Idaho where the brush is thick and you're talking like 15 yards tops visibility and I could hear all the cows hauling ass next to me about 40 yards over and I picked the wrong elk trail and I was like oh you idiot 
and I knew I was going to make too much noise to try to get over to them, and they were moving pretty fast, and then the bull bugled, and I was like, oh my God, that sounds like he's on my trail, and I took one more step, and I had to stop. There he was. He's coming up my trail, and I don't know why I did this, but I dropped to my knees. I never dropped to my knees. I'm already short as it is, man. I don't <laughs> need to get to my knees and just take away shooting lanes. Well, I did that, and the bull comes up and walks right on the trail, and stops and he's probably five six yards away from me and i'm on my knees and my bow's not at full draw and so the bull sits there and he bugles again so cool to have a bull bugle that close to you blows out my ears and then he yanks his head back and starts chewing on this like some sort of thistle that he like some like he's browsing and when he does that i start pulling my bow back slowly because he's yanked his neck all the way around and just the sounds of my wheels of my cams just turning over he just yanked his head back at while i'm halfway full drawn so now i stop and i'm holding this bow back halfway try that it's damn near impossible and we have a stare down for probably 30 seconds and i'm shaking for sure and i'm finally i make the decision that i'm just going to finish drawing and i'm going to like hammer that trigger because it's going to be like five yard kind of frontal really yeah so I'm like, send it. And I pull back. As soon as I pull back, he 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 turns, spins 180, and I cow call. He he stops, and I just rattlesnake. And that arrow hits this branch, and goes 30 feet over his head. I don't know. Like it sends it in a 45 degree angle, and I just saw that arrow go forever. Well, he runs off. He was a six by six, very heavy, not very long main beams, but just your classic short beam, thick. I like them thick. This podcast is brought to you by Numa Outdoors out of Texas. Numa has been awesome to Elk Shape. They've been very supportive. I love the rain gear. I think it's probably the quietest on the market. Huge fan of the Palisade Puffy Pursuit Pant Pathfinder Pant. They have merino wool base layers as well as synthetics. Check out Numa Outdoors. Discount code Elk Shape 20. Vortex Optics out of Wisconsin. This is a veteran known company. This is one of my favorite partners. Been working with them since 2010. Get yourself some Vortex Optics. 10 by 42s, maybe a 65, 85 millimeter spotter. Angled, in my opinion. Check out the Rangefinder line. They got a Razor 4000, a Viper 3000. They have all the options they work they stand behind their product vip warranty if you break it they'll fix it and they're just a great company discount code elk10 at eurooptic.com when you buy anything from vortex take 10 percent off also vortex wear elk shape will get you 20 percent off their awesome hunting clothing lineup discount code elk shape will take 20 percent off vortex wear that is the clothing i wear when i'm scouting going on date night or working out so check that out vortex optics great partner one of the most amazing companies and super proud to work with them check them out today on x hunt elite membership 99 bucks but when you enter the discount code elk shape it'll take 20 percent off and you get the best most reliable been in the game the longest hunting app map period you're also going to get access to hunting pool top rut hunt reminder and now the Elk Collective Onyx is a partner of mine. They also are the headline sponsor of Elk Shape Camp Season 2023, Year 5, brought to you by Onyx. And we're even doing a mini camp for elite members only in Spokane, my hometown. Me and MFJJ are going to put that on. Become a member, come to that camp or come to any camp. Trust me, download your maps ahead of time, e-scout from a desktop, and use Onyx. It's going to elevate your game. Buck Knives out of post falls my neighbor i drive there to have the factory resharpen my knives prior to every elk season i use a skinny knife that 113 is money i also like a deboning knife i'm not a scalpel guy i think those are for poking holes in bear hides quite honestly so check out buck knives they've been a business for a hundred plus years 
And if you want your knife sharpened, you can send them to the factory and they'll sharpen them and send them back to you. Buck Knives, all their products are made here in the US and they make things possible here at Elk Shade. Matthews Archery, Sparta, Wisconsin, continuing to lead from the front with innovation and giving guys like me who aren't the best at archery, allowing us to be pretty darn confident in the field with their equipment. Right now I'm running the V3X29 as my main hunting rig and my backup is the V3X33. Super excited to put that thing to work this fall and I hope you get a chance to check one out soon. Go to a local dealer near you. MagView, this is where you can get rid of your lousy digiscoping case. I'm not gonna say other brands, but y'all know what I'm talking about, those big bulky cases, put them away. MagView, it's all magnets. Keep the phone you have in the case that you already have or put the magnet on the back of your phone and rock and roll. And you can digiscope, it's seamless. It also provides a lens cover for your spotter and you can even attach it to your binoculars and get some really crispy aero flight footage or that big buck or bull that you want to get footage of. You can now do it in the field. So check out MacView and you can enter the discount code Elkshape. It'll save you a little bit of loot. And uh, <laughs> so what do I do? I don't even go look for that arrow because it's in the oblivion. I go back up to the knife edge ridge and go off the other side and I can hear more bulls pushing those cows that had already gone by. So I start calling or whatever, and I'm gonna fast forward. I eventually pull a five by five away from the herd. I go about halfway down, get the wind right. This five by five comes in. I shoot him at like 21, 22 yards. He goes maybe 50 yards and lays down. I shot him quartering two. I thought I hit him broadside. I say that all the time. And this is one of those instances I'm talking about where I thought he was broadside, but when I, you know, it took him a little longer to die than I wanted to. But, you know, a couple minutes later, I walked up and I, I only had hit one lung and liver. And I thought for sure he was broadside. So learn from my mistake, guys. Know that they really got to be truly broadside. You got to study them. And just it takes a lot of reps and there's a lot of pressure. And you want to get rid of that arrow. But try to get that true broadside. Stay away from the quartering two. So I break that bull down solo. I pack all the meat to the knife edge ridge. And the weather had changed. It was on my dad's birthday and the weather had changed to where it was really pretty cool. You know, I think it was trying to snow a little and I packed my first load out to my dirt bike and at my dirt bike is my Faja and he's got a fire going and he sees me covered in blood, you know, both arms and packing meat. And he's like pretty stoked. And so he helps me, you know, do trips and we get all the meat back to the four wheeler. And I forgot to mention this, but that morning before I shot that six point, Across the canyon, I came to a little opening and I, I saw a really big bull over there pushing like seven or eight cows. And I remember thinking, all right, noted. That's a really big bull. I can't get on him today. I got these elk right in front of me, but I'm going to. So we got the four-wheeler loaded. My dad's like, I'm going to take this meat out. And I think it was maybe an hour before dark. And I was like, hey, I'm going to just jam over to that other ridge where I saw that bull this morning. And I'm going to prime the pump. Let me explain what that means to me. And so my dad knew what I meant. And he's like, all right, I'll see you at the cabin. You know, we, we had probably, I don't know, an hour four-wheeler ride from there and then probably an hour truck drive to get back to base camp. So I told him I'd be home pretty late. But I wanted to go prime this pump. So I get over there and I get pretty close to where I saw him last. And I'm just guessing they're bedded in this one tiny patch of timber. And I set out a couple of cow calls first, and I remembered he answered right away. And he had a really high pitch, like whistle, really. And he just he'd hit that high note, and he'd hold it forever. If you were a hunter and you heard that bugle from far away, you might question if it was a real bull type of a bugle. Well, he hits that. I knew it was him, so I hit him back with my bugle, and we start bugling back and forth. And um, I had maybe, gosh, I want to say, 30 minutes of daylight left. 
but I just wanted to like annoy him. That's what I mean by prime the pump, like yep. for the next day. And so I got him pretty worked up. Next thing I know, all his cows came out of the timber and they're kind of feeding my way. And they're getting closer and closer. And I'd say they're probably within 400 yards of my side of this canyon. And I have a little bit of a rock slide between me and the cows. So they can't cross this rock slide to get to me. But they've come a long ways and I still can't see the bull. But this bull all of a sudden bugles and he's down in the bottom. And he's left his cows and I'm thinking, okay, he's getting water. I'm going to leave now. And so I 180. And I got like maybe 30 minutes of daylight and I want to get to my bike and I want to ride. And I, got a, I just got a long trip and I'm already pretty tired. And I start walking in this dark timber and I hear that bull bugle. And this time he sounds like he's gone down to the bottom of the creek and up. And now he's coming up on my side of the rock quarry. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. I'll go down and play with him a little bit. I check the wind. It's still coming up. I'm like, yeah. So I cut the distance in half and send out pretty aggressive challenge bugle and he bugles right over the top of me and i think i turned my camera on at that point and i was like okay guys this bull is coming hard and i remember i like i think i cow called like three or four times he'd bugle i'd bugle he'd bugle and i'd just wait and I'd, he'd just get closer and closer and i look down and about 50 yards is this nice little shelf i'm like Psh, he's gonna get to that shelf and he's gonna stop and so i just went right down to that shelf set up he bugles. This time I can see him. He's probably 80 yards out. He's a nice six point. I turn my bugle tube back, point it back up the hill, which doesn't always work, but I just try. Hit him one more time with a challenge. Sure as shit. He comes up on the shelf. Now he's about 60. I can't get a shot. And then he goes just slightly above the shelf. He's got me pinpointed, by the way, as far as not me, but the sound. And he starts side hilling in full display. And he comes up and he hits this alder patch and just starts raking. And I'm, it's all on camera, by the way. I mean, like a little over-the-shoulder action camera. And he steps out past, just walks right past me. I come to full draw. I stop him. 20 yards broadside. Whack. Long story short, I didn't get that bull out till the next morning. I mean, I was packing all night. It's my second bull in the same day. And I did use the same arrow, not on purpose. I just grabbed out of my quiver because I'd gotten a pass from the first bull. And in the heat of the moment, I didn't even notice, but I loaded that same arrow. So I killed two bulls in one day with the same arrow. Greatest elk story of my life on my dad's birthday. And the best part was I was packing my last load out and on my dirt bike and I was seeing hunters driving up in the morning to go hunting and I was headed out tagged out and uh, I don't know if I've ever shared that story on this podcast before but those days are kind of like like I don't have two elk tags in Idaho anymore like yeah that's, that's pretty not, epic I, I'd be happy to get an elk tag in Idaho anymore those were the good old days and I know those days are behind me but um I thought you guys would like that and the last story to keep you guys excited and motivated about third week September is literally the best bugling day of my life and uh, I hope this day gets topped Jake kind of told that story in the beginning, but I think you have asked it. So let's start at the very, very <laughs> beginning where it is my dad's birthday once again. So is this the day that me, you, and Manny took the uh -huh. horse? And, yeah. So what time do we wake up? It had to be like 3 or 4 in the morning. It was like 2 a.m. Was it? Okay. And we loaded up my little Tacoma. Yep. And we drove, and this is Wyoming, we drove all the way out of the mountain range. We drove into town, got gas. Went all the way around the other side of the mountain range because Dan had an e-scouting plan that he wanted to execute and the elk hunting wasn't as good where we were at. Yep. And the reason I wanted that side is because I noticed there was private in the bottom 
on that side of the mountain range. And I'm like, dude, I guarantee those elk are going down to that alfalfa at night and going back up. It ain't nothing for them to do seven, eight miles in a day for that kind of food. Hopefully not that voice. Yeah. And Manny, <laughs> good old Manny brought his horse. And so we loaded that horse up with all our gear. But somehow I still had a pretty heavy pack and so did you. And we start hiking in the dark about four in the morning. And I don't know how much elevation we gained, but it's literally 3,000 plus vert. And we're bugling the whole way up this ascent in the dark, assuming we're going to hear answers. And pretty soon it's getting daylight and we've topped out and we're just under 11. Was it 11 or 10, 5? It was yeah. a really high peak. It was above 10 for sure. Mm-hmm. So then we like, we reached the top and it's getting daylight and we've spent all, we've invested all this commodity time and energy and we haven't even bought a bugle yet and we had like all our gear we we're going to spike out because there's gonna be so many elk we did see some good mule deer in there i, I don't care <laughs> and now we've gone so many miles so many elevation we're just like we overcommitted. and once we get to the top of this mountain i remember i got cell phone service so i took a time out called mrs elk shape i hadn't talked to her in days had a quick conversation with her. I was surprised she was up that early because it was just getting light. And then we were kind of like pretty much talking about turning around and going all the way back to the truck and how much this was a waste of time. And then I hear a freaking bugle, dude. And it's completely at the bottom of the other side where our truck is not. Yep. And it seemed like it didn't take much of a – I mean, it. we really hadn't heard much bugling at that point. So I was like, wow, I don't know where that's coming from, but – Maybe they're going to work their way up towards us. Let's cut the distance, you know, maybe not in half, but let's just kind of work our way down the other side. Wouldn't, you know, hours later and multiple bugles later, we finally kind of hit the bottom and we could realize that there was a pile of elk in here. And we went and looked for a place to set up for the horse to have water. And we built our spike camp. And I'm just going to fast forward. It wasn't until probably three or four in the afternoon and all that had happened. So at that point, we had located elk. We, all we had to really do, if you're looking back hindsight, was drive about 10 miles on a National Forest Road, pull over and hike up about two miles, and we would have been into this elk. But instead, we drove all the way around the unit to the other side, hiked up an entire mountain range, came down the other side, and we're dumb. I didn't say we were smart. I just said that we tried hard. So we get spike camp set up. And Manny's with us, and Manny's going to go check out this one spot, and you and I are going to kind of go head over and kind of guess where these elk went and bedded for the day. And I believe we went first to like this basically kind of cliffed out really steep over nasty country between the top of the mountain and the river. Yep. Wilderness Athlete discount code ELKSHAPE2022 takes 30% off your first purchase. Get a bundle of Hydrate, Recover, Energy, and Focus. The greens, you got to have those greens. You're not eating enough vegetables unless you're eating 10 salads a day. Backfill with a good multivitamin, some fish oil. Check out their entire lineup of meal replacements, protein powders, all in the name of Better Elk Hunting. This is not a marketing company. This is an actual supplement company. Quality brand. I've been with them since 2006. Great company. I stand behind them. I want you to as well. SpyPoint's got that new Flex Trail Camera, man. Dual SIM. You can get transmissions regardless of 
of the cell phone provider in your area. If it's AT&T or Verizon Tower, doesn't matter. It's going to send it to you. And the transmission plans are just that. It's all included. You don't have to have a cell phone or a monthly fee. You just download the SpyPoint app and start getting your images. They also have a bunch of affordable trail cameras that are not cellular. So where legal, utilize the app, pair it with their trail cameras, and you are good to go. I love trail cameras. They give me all the little information I'm looking for on animal behavior, animal densities, inventory on big bucks, big bulls, how many predators are in the area, and hopefully some sort of pattern that I can take advantage of as a bow hunter. Check out SpyPoint today. If I'm international, I'm a hoodlum through and through kind of guy for elk season, but I do have the hellbender. Love that for throwing trail cameras in or packing out elk. I keep the hellbender at the truck for when I hopefully I get a big bull down. I can go pack it out with that. I can pack and will pack an elk out with the hoodlum. They also have an awesome lineup. The checkpoint bag is my laptop bag where I put all my camera gear when I travel. And they also have stuff for you whitetail guys like the Shape Charge. Check out Kafaro International. They're a huge partner of Elk Shapes and they've supported us for several years and I still think they make the best frame in the entire universe. Crispy boots, crispy hunting, crispy USA. Everything starts from the ground up. So pair your crispies with some sheep feet. I have a discount code Elk Shape takes 10% off sheep feet. Crispy boots, buy them at Black Ovis or anything else. Discount code Elk Shape takes 10% off. I am rocking the Laponia 2 and the new Colorados and those are my one-two punch for elk hunting. Vacu e-bikes made for hunters by hunters. Discount code Elk Shape takes $300 off your first bike. Take that money and buy yourself a backup battery or a trailer so you can haul that precious elk meat out. Vacu e-bikes out of Utah. Black Rifle Coffee Company. Coffee is life. I'm drinking coffee right now as I record this. Elk Shape is the discount code 15% off the coffee club of the month. So you pick which coffee arrives to your doorstep and you decide how much coffee arrives to your doorstep. And you can also use that discount code if you want to pick up some BRCC swag, a coffee mug, or bags of coffee for presents, whatever. It's a one-time use. Discount code Elk Shape 15% off. Smokewood. Fatty meat sticks. We are adding these to our arsenal of elk hunting. This is the most delicious meat stick in the entire world. My buddy Ryan, he founded Under Armour with the boys back in the day. He started this company. He wanted to make something that was sourced locally. So grass-fed beef, raised without antibiotics, no sugar, gluten-free, no nitrates added, no MSG added, like super clean, pure protein. I usually pack three or four sticks in my hunting pack. It's 20 grams per. It tastes awesome. It's Sweetwood Smokehouse Fatty. Check out the 3.0s. That's what we're rocking. Link in the show notes will get you a discount, 10% off your online purchase. Take it from there, Jake. Yeah, no, I totally remember that spot. So this is like, when he says cliffed out, it's like you're on the edge and you're looking straight down and you can see the top of the pine trees. That's mm-hmm. like how cliffed out this is. And <clears throat> there was a bull down there. He answered and we went after that bull. We oh, dropped yeah. down and it's like thick brush. The way I remember it, I hate to interrupt, but the way I remember it was we like spread out. Yep. Because... When you're trying to locate elk, I don't like being shoulder to shoulder with anybody because I can hear you breathing. I can hear you going through your pack. I can I can hear what you're thinking. I don't I don't want to like if we spread out, we can kind of echo locate better. So we're soundboarding, trying to listen. We spread out, and I remember I let out a couple of calls and a lo- couple locators. And where you were at, you did not hear this bull. And where I was at, I thought I heard the bull the first time. Waited, waited, waited. Definitely heard him the second bugle. Went and got you. And by the time I got to you, he bugled. We both heard. And I was like, holy crap, this bull is coming. And instead of standing where we made our last sound, we cut the distance to him because we think he's coming to where he heard that sound. Yep. And that's the same thing I do whether I'm with somebody or hunting solo is I never make a sound and stay in the same spot. So we cut the distance in half, which is not that hard to do when it's that steep. No, yeah, it's quick to go downhill. Coming uphill is the hard part. But I remember we cut the distance in half. I was filming you, and <clears throat> I don't remember. I think we got a visual on that bull, but you never actually shot at him. So what happened was we we went straight down 
kind of the edge of this finger till we hit our first like legit elk lateral trail. We hooked a right and the bull was kind of coming up the middle and we got on his level, checked the wind and you busted out the decoy because it was fairly open timber. And we would, when he finally kind of came up, I think I hit him with some cow calls, no bugle. I'd already bugled. He knew there was a bull in the area and he came up and basically he arrived at his hang up spot. And, um, unfortunately for us, I could see him, but you couldn't get him on film for whatever reason, the way we positioned, there was a tree blocking your view. And it was in a point where you couldn't really move without giving away your location. And I'm like looking at you and I don't think, and you're looking at me like I can't get him. And, it wasn't like a chip shot. It was like a 50-yard shot, but he was like not at a good angle, and it was really steep. So it was probably like a 70 or 65-yard shot, but it was really like cut for 50 with my rangefinder. And I was like, I'm not shooting this bull. Jake doesn't have him on camera. I don't like the shot angle, and I think he's going to come closer. Looking back, that was his hang-up spot. He wasn't coming any closer. He had left his cows, and he had a sweet bugle. He was a 5x6, heavy you didn't see him. We didn't get him on camera, but I remember him. He was really, he was an awesome bull. And uh, it happened so fast, right? Like we'd been hunting for minutes after spike camp. And uh, what do we do after that? So I remember we went back up the ridge, got back onto the spot where um, we had previously dropped down to get to that bull. Kind of came up with a plan and we worked our way around to like this little micro meadow. And I remember you doing a couple calls and like the whole meadow like lights up. Like, I remember at one point there was three bulls, probably within 200 yards, and you're, like, slow jogging through this, like, meadow and the trees, and I'm filming you running as fast as I can after you, and we're, like, cutting the distance. These bulls are just screaming at each other. We're not making any sound, and we walked through. I think we got probably within 50, 60 yards, and we could start seeing elk move through some of the timber. We kind of posted up, and we're hoping that a bull was going to come out so you'd have a shot opportunity. That never happened there, but we followed those bulls and kind of worked our way around. Ended up getting to the other side of that ridge that dropped down into another canyon. Did a little bit of calling. That's where we ran into that massive bugle fest. That's the only time I think that I can remember where like that many mega bulls, like every bull was a herd bull. And there was like all these cows pushed into this canyon and it was like some sort of free-for-all rut fest where every big swinging bull was there. And I look at you and I'm like, I don't know which bull to go after. Like there's one right here, but there's one right there and there's one right here. And this one's getting closer. And what about that one? And like, I remember there being at least six giant sounding bulls, not like no, no way were any of them satellites. They were all big swingers ready and it was like they were sorting it out in front of us. And it was actually mission impossible, in my opinion, looking back, to kill any of those elk with that many cows. I would say there was, don't quote me, but because I, I don't know for sure. But I know that I bumped in that day at least 70 plus cows. And I don't know how many herd bulls were there total, but I would say at least six different big sounding bulls. And we're talking just enough timber to where you can see really far, but just enough timber where you can't see far enough to get a shot on any bull. And there's not like, I never heard fighting where we're like, okay, those are two bulls fighting. Let's go right there. But it was like, these guys were getting so close to each other and then like going back to their set cows. And I felt like, oh, 
looking back, it's the most mature bugles I've ever heard in a in an hour and a half. And it wasn't even like it was like four o'clock in the afternoon, dude. Yeah. I remember us side hilling on that ridge and having multiple bulls below us and we were trying to figure out, okay, how are we gonna get this done? We worked our way all the way down to the bottom and we found this massive water hole down there and we were like, they have to come to this spot. Like so much water. We posted up there, did a little bit of calling, and that's where we got got surrounded. Like 360 degrees around us were bulls bugling. It starts to get dark. We had a bull come down like frontal. He's like 70 yards and then he stopped looking directly down at us and he wouldn't come any closer. I remember bulls screaming until dark. Well, no, do you remember like the, so let's just, we'll cut through the, like I bumped a bunch of bulls because of the cows. And at one point, my camera guy, Jake, is like, damn, 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 which I'll be honest, man, I hate that sound. Because I know I've screwed up. And you're like, bull, bull, bull. And I look, and I basically blew it. There was a six point right there that I didn't see staring. And you saw him. I didn't. Yeah. And you're like, you're probably like, this guy sucks. <laughs> so I remember that. Trust me. I remember that. And then we got in so close to so many of those bulls. And by the time it's like getting dark, we found that giant pond wallow. And I remember like putting my quiver away wiping the sweat off my brow and sitting down and, and being like, holy crap, all we've done is exercise today. Whether it be hiking in the dark, jogging after herd bulls, dropping after bulls, I'm done. And I put my quiver away and it was like literally no question, like hunting light is just about faded and a bull bugles right above that. A new bull, another big sounding bull bugles right above that giant wallow. And I look at you and you look at me and I'm like, arrow back out of the quiver for the hundredth time that day, knocked up. And then we tried bring, and we brought him in. And do you remember how tough he sounded, how aggressive? And then when I started challenging him, it seemed like he just turned into a little Yeah, the biggest puss ever. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, by the time we were all done, he went from the nastiest bugle we've ever heard to like this, like damn near him cow calling at us. Yeah. Like just. So yeah. funny to me. Do you remember once we ran out of actual camera light, we got everything packed up. We had we had to hike back to our spike. We were walking through the pecker poles, and I don't know if you or I, who it was, but we stepped on a stick loud, and then another bull bugled at that. Yep. And I was just like, dude, there's so many bulls in here. And I remember going, telling, trying to tell Manny, convey, like, what we saw. And he, he was kind of like – in disbelief, but also he had a really good day too. And yeah, I went to bed that night as greedy as I've ever been going. It's just not a matter of when, but what bull am I going to kill tomorrow? Elk Shape Camps 2023. Whether you are a brand new elk hunter, a seasoned veteran, or somebody in between who's maybe intermediate, you've had some success, but quite not the consistent success, consider coming to an Elk Shape Camp in 2023. Five locations, four three-day camps, one two-day camp. I'll break it down. Phoenix, Arizona, January 20th, the 22nd. We'll actually be at Wilderness Athlete HQ. My entire squad will be there. Stonewall, Texas, March 3rd through the 5th. That's outside of Austin. That's going to be a phenomenal camp. We did it last year. That's one of the best facilities we've ever had. It's the basically 
basically the NUMA owner lets us invade their ranch. It's a great experience for everyone. Speaking of ranches, Julian Ranch, just outside of San Diego, California, March 31st through April 2nd. Then back to Vortex Edge in Barnfield, Wisconsin, April 14th through the 16th. And last but not least, we're going to do an exclusive elite member only from Onyx two-day minicamp in Green Acres, Washington. MFJJ, myself, and the boys, June 17th through the 18th. Pre-sale starts August 1st. Lock in your rate, get set up for camp, and set yourself up for future success. I hope you plan on elk hunting for the rest of your life. I know I certainly do. Early bird starts 9-1, September 1st. Regular registration starts November. November 1st. And for you slowpokes, late registration starts January 1st, 2023. All our camps involve you getting exposed at what you're weak at and getting a blueprint for how to mitigate that and make it a straight. Whether it's your calling, it's your fitness, it's your nutrition, it's your shot execution, it's your shot process, it's your equipment, it's your tuning, it's your e-scouting, it's your tactics. Whatever it might be, we're going to figure out a blueprint for you. Whatever's getting in the way of you finding success, we're going to help you crush, smash that learning curve and produce consistent success year in and year out. I hope to meet you and your friends at Oak Shape Camp. Those are the days that we all look forward to though like when people talk about like the rut fest or like these oh. bulls like that is like the picture perfect day if we wouldn't have done the whole drive to town and come back around if we would have went up the other way the you know, two mile way the two mile way off the forest service road <laughs> yeah we would have had all day to hunt those elk I mean, that could have been a different story. Stuff like that, like when you realize how bulls sound when they're talking to each other, how close you can get to cows, how cows interact with each other, just the that adrenaline rush of having that many elk that close and having bulls come in. Like every time you're within range of an elk and you pull your arrow off and you knock that arrow, like your adrenaline goes through the roof. You're like, all right, this is happening. This bull is going to die, and I'm punching my tag. It doesn't matter that we hiked up that mountain all the way around. Like, when we were on those mini elk, pumped, your adrenaline's going, you're so excited. Like, that's what I look forward to in September. That was the most I've ever, the most I've ever walked or hiked in a day was that day. Yep. Ever. Out of all my life. Basically, I don't know how many miles that is. I don't know the math. I don't know how many, 40,000 steps on my thing on my watch but 20 something miles for sure all hunting and it was incredible and then we woke up the very next day and that's a different story but you know honestly guys third week of september is awesome we share these stories so that you can get to your next location have your spirits lifted and smile you are in september it's a long off season we'll start over when we start over but right now the time is now for you to give it your best effort put your best foot forward and to stay positive and just stay on your grind. The grind never stops and you will get yourself an opportunity. Be ready to make the most of it. This is Jake. I'm Dan. Listen to the Elk Shape Podcast. Best of luck. We'll catch you on the next one.